Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Drone to 1K podcast. I'm your host, David Young. In this episode today, we have Matt Harvey. Matt has become a good friend of mine. We recorded this episode actually at a conference that we were both at, which is why Matt looks so good wearing a suit, and I'm bumming it with whatever I'm wearing. But Matt is one of the smartest people I know. He works as one of the lead drone pilots for a very large energy company, and he also has his own drone business that he's been running for a while, where he has a bunch of different B2B industrial type customers, and he's going to talk all about that and how he built that business and just share a lot of great insights along the way. Matt is also probably one of the most successful people I know in the drone industry. He's had tons of experience with all sorts of different entities from energy all the way to working out in California with the wildfire stuff that had been going on. And just every time I talk to him, I'm like, wow, this guy's bringing a lot of great information. So I know you're gonna get a lot out of this conversation today. Quick reminder, if you love t-shirts, drone launch shirts, again, I'm wearing another one. We like to uh, give these away to uh, reviewers. Screenshot it. Send it to me, david at dronelaunchacademy.com, and uh, we'll get you a t-shirt just for taking the time to to do it and spread the word about the Drone1K podcast. All right, on to talk to Matt. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back to another episode of the Drone1K podcast. I'm here with Matt Harvey of Edge Drone Services. I've known Matt for a little while now, finally getting him on the show. We're actually at a conference here yeah. outside of Houston, and we thought, why not go ahead and knock it out now? What, what a better time. So That's thanks right. for coming on, Matt. Absolutely. You got me wearing my suit, so yeah. it's good. It's a well, good look. I told you you couldn't come on unless he's wearing a suit. Um, <laughs> as you can see, that I'm you know, dressed similarly for those of you watching the video version. But Matt has a really interesting background and story I think a lot of you will appreciate hearing from. So I don't want to give too much away. So I'll let you just start maybe from the beginning all the way back. When was the first time you were like, oh, this is a drone. I can do something with this. Yeah. So my drone story started in... 2017. I was still in college at the time and I was working for a construction company and I had someone walk in the front door and they were talking about drones. And my job at the time was handling paperwork and not all that exciting. So this is probably the most exciting thing that walked literally, quite literally <laughs> walked in the door. And I had a friend or I still have a friend. He had kind of photography background and he worked for a small development company. And those two company I worked for and the company he worked for became our first clients. So we went out, bought the latest and greatest, which I think at the time was a Phantom 4 Pro. Nice. We split the cost. We started our company together. We put together an LLC, started doing some work for them between doing some video shoots and also helping with some tracking of some new construction projects. And that was kind of the kickstart for us. And so it, it was an opportunity to kind of make some side income and do something new and exciting with technology. So you were working for the construction company, started up the drone company, kind of also serving kind of the construction field? Yeah, yeah. So working full-time, again, my role was primarily with paperwork. And so... Like what kind of paperwork are we talking about here? So ironically enough, safety paperwork. Okay. So just uh, keeping Man, track fun. of... Yeah, So and, and really they just needed someone to sort it all and track it. And it's interesting, construction industry as a whole... And some industries tend to be very old school with a lot of things. Right. And I think that technology is kind of moving a little slower for some of those industries. And that was definitely the case. I even pitched to my boss at the time. I was like, hey, listen, why don't we digitize all this stuff? And like, oh, you know, just just scan it and put it in the... <laughs> Put it in the, you know, I mean, that's the reason why I had a job, to be honest. I was like, you were, if they digitized it, they probably wouldn't have needed me. But <laughs> you're like, 
let me save you thousands of dollars and put myself out of a job. He's like, no, nah, it's all good. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyways, somebody walking in, they were another aerial photography company and their story, I think, actually started with the use of helicopters. And they were talking about how drones were kind of disrupting the market a little bit and that they were starting to get more requests from different clients to start using drone imagery instead of the helicopter imagery because sometimes the hel helicopter imagery was a little too far away. Like if you had a big site, it might, right. might have worked well. Yeah. But if you wanted to see something closer, you know, obviously the drone a little closer to the helicopter. Yeah, not to mention it's like incredibly more cost effective. The drone exactly burn tons of fuel. Exactly. By helicopter. Yeah. Yeah. After listening to that conversation, I basically did some digging uh, online, and then I talked to my friend. His name's Sam, and he was my business partner, and he had a photography background. I talked to him, and he was interested, and then that's when we went out. And again, the first job was actually they were doing a bridge replacement, which was really cool to be able to see them take this, you know, pedestrian bridge that they were replacing. And so we got to, they paid us, I don't, I don't remember. It was a good chunk of change for two college kids. I think, I think we maybe made like 2000 bucks or something. Not bad. So it was, yeah. And he was like, oh yeah, I'll just pay you for a few hours every, every night and every day. And then, and then that's it. A lot of people start off their drone service business or whatever their entrepreneur said is solo. Right. Yeah. You went in with the partner. Did, did you guys say like 50 50 or how did that arrangement? Yeah. Work? So actually, that was a good learned lesson for me is we, we did start 50 50 and I, I did end up buying him out probably about two, two and a half years later. Okay. It ended amicably. There was no bad blood. It's okay. just he wanted to move into the, co the corporate world and kind of go the, not the safe route, but to just, he just preferred to have a job. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, we got to got to start get wise and, and get the job and all that fun stuff. And that's about that time that I actually transitioned to, to doing a lot of contract subcontract work, which has kind of led me to where I'm now, where, you know, it led me to being in California for about three years off and on okay. acting as a subcontractor for Southern California Edison and then kick started me over here. Yeah. Former Power and Light. And so. But we'll get into that. We'll yeah, 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 no, no, I'm getting ahead of myself. No, you're good. You're good. That's, I like the little teasers. People are like, wait a minute, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> On that note, so you had you had a partner because I've heard a lot of horror stories about partnerships saying like everybody yeah. goes in well intentioned, like oh we get along, it's gonna work great, let's go fifty fifty. Yeah, and then down the road it's like don't don't oh. ever do that. If you want, and you gotta like have it have it just even if it's because because also the other big thing is is that for all the bank stuff for everything else. You need to have both people present. You need to have. Yeah. So it's not even just that, but it's like. Creates a lot of other issues. Yeah. You, like logistically, and you, you're both trying to go to school and work. And then now we got to get our schedules to align up exactly. And yeah. So that did also prove to be kind of pain. Yeah. Well, I'm glad it ended in a friendly way. I just recently actually had a friend. It wasn't a drone business, but a separate business, a video production style business. Sure. Um, I don't know these people that personally, so I don't mind talking about it. But, yeah. <laughs> but they said, yeah, like one person had a disagreement. They wanted to go one way. They wanted to go the other way. And the one guy said, well, then our agreement says that you have, if I want to leave, you have to buy me out. And the guy's like, well, I'm not going to buy you out. And then it went to court and like, oh, just wow, got real messy. At least the lesson I've learned, I haven't had this issue with the drone service business, but just whenever you go to create a partnership, imagine that this is going to end in the worst way you could imagine possible and go ahead and write that scenario into your agreements to make sure that's but. It, Sounds like you had a good a good turnout. So. Yeah, and to add to that, I, I have also heard another drone company that I won't mention, but I yeah, two friends that I worked with in California, they had a business together, and then I think just unfortunately, yeah, they wanted to go different directions, and, and it's tough to see, but uh, that is how life works out sometimes. But uh, yeah, luckily, yeah, 
as I mentioned, my flight worked out fine, and good. I actually just went on a cruise with them. Oh, good. Just a few yeah. few uh, weeks ago. That's so. awesome. Okay, so cool. it's, we're, we still must be friends. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was part of the settlement agreement. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. He so, might be bar uh, drinks at the bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you guys were together for like two years in business together. Yeah. What kind of jobs were you doing during that time? We started to kind of try and figure out what we were going to do. The biggest thing for me was following the money. So we did some work. Like I said, he worked for a small development company, and we put some promo videos together for that client and that actually paid out pretty well and then and then we started to do some other work within the real estate market and then I kind of mentioned to you earlier I was like I think I got out just as fast as I got in doing real that, estate into doing that which is fine that's a hustle in itself but I had a lot more success with construction and yeah. so then we started to more or less just do research of like okay yeah so I'm from Tampa so we just did a simple search of, hey, you know, construction companies in Tampa and just start calling, emailing. I even did some work on LinkedIn where I would message people and say, hey, my name is Matt with Internet Services. Give them the pitch. A lot of times you won't get some response, but I, I have gotten some work. So if you're listening and you're trying to think of different strategies for finding work, LinkedIn is is a decent source. Yeah, I was going to ask of all the like random calls or emails, really, like what's been best for you? I would definitely say going in and calling is probably been the most successful and or email. So usually like an email and then you'll call and say, hey, I sent you an email. I don't know if you got it. Just wanted to talk to you about your upcoming projects. And then there's actually a separate company now that I use for projects that are happening within the state. And so I basically pay the company to provide a slew of lists of projects that are happening within the county or, or area. It's yeah. kind of how they have it set up. Yeah. And it's kind of like your prospecting list. Yeah, right exactly. There. And so that's that's actually proved to be really helpful. I've actually contemplated hiring somebody else to kind of help do some of that work as well. So currently I'm tracking, I think somewhere between 12 to 14 different projects typically every month. Mm. So returning work. And I, I really like the construction industry. So you're saying those are jobs right now that you have? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 12 to yeah. 14 per month that you have per now month. on yeah. top of your full-time job. On top of the full-time job. And then yeah. with the six minutes of free time you have a week, <laughs> what do you do with that? <laughs> so so actually this year, I, I actually fully transitioned to having all of my work done by contractors. Okay. So you built a team to so, help you with that. Yep. Yeah. So now I have, depending on what coast of Florida, I have one guy helping with one side and one guy helping. That's awesome. Um, so Smart man. Yeah, it's, 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 you know, I don't make as much, but the wheels keep turning and I don't necessarily lose all my weekends. So how it kind of used to work is that I would go to Tampa, I'd visit family and eventually just got to the point where I was just there and I'd go home and I'd sleep. And then that, that's the only time they'd see me as I'm walking in to go to sleep yeah. <laughs> and they're like, you know, it's like, Hey, uh, we love having you, but we're not seeing you. And then kind of made me reevaluate some things, but you're like, uh, well, come be a visual observer. And then you'll come. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> I just did. Yeah, on this construction site, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Grab yeah. your hard hat. Come yeah, on, yeah, 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 yeah. Hit the golf balls that way. Yeah. No, no, no. Um, it's been interesting. And then for me, I think long term, I, I wasn't able to squeeze it all into one weekend. So kind of had to do some readjustment. But I think long term, I'm going to want to hire a pilot and then also another uh, sales rep. I think I'm going to maybe move it that way. But we'll kind of see. Everything is kind of in a flux this year. This has been a year of just kind of not going with the flow, but just kind of taking it day by day, week by week. I still have goals that I'm trying to reach, but I'm understanding that it's not all going to happen at once. And that's okay. Yeah. So you had two years working with your friend, you bought him out, and you mentioned that led into a lot of contract work. Talk yeah. about what kind of contract work you Yeah. Were. So a lot of my experience, again, started with construction. And then this other big segment of my career has been in the utility industry. And a lot of it has to do with external factors 
aka Mother Nature. I did some contracting work for Florida Power and Light during hurricane season back in 19 or even maybe before 2018 and helped responders for for that storm and that pay was was exceptional uh, i don't i don't mind dropping the numbers they were given out it was like they would give you a standby rate and then oh, then they would give you an active rate and it worked out to where i think you would make 100 200 bucks on standby which usually means you're pretty much primed and ready to go you know and then jumping into active storm response it was like about a thousand bucks a day wow which, nice. is, which is a good chunk of change and yeah. i think a lot of it is it's because of the the fema money it's it's a it's a different kind of money that's that's what i've discovered <laughs> is that everybody is as after the fema money because it's basically just sits there waiting to be used yeah when we have a big storm come through so anyways they, they took care of us and so that was definitely a very lucrative gig again it, you were usually only there for a day or two days i think the longest stint i had as a contractor was made two or three days but then again a lot of the storms that we had during that time kind of weren't as bad as they could have been mm. which is pros is that there wasn't as much destruction <laughs> so it's good for people pros in general. for everyone else yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and so it, it is kind of that fine line i spent half my year kind of responding to that during the summer months and then during the non-summer months it was me in california for months on end living out of suitcase the real big kickstart was up in pg&e they had the really bad fires and PG&E, they went bankrupt. And so tell people what PG&E is and if you're not uh, from the yeah. West Coast. Pacific. Gas and electric. Gas, yeah, gas and electric. Thank you. Yeah. And the so big the West Coast utility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Big, big West Coast, uh, West Coast utility up in Northern California. Okay. Yeah. And they went bankrupt. They realized, okay, we'll spend millions to save billions. So that's kind of how drones got introduced. I wasn't there the first season that that happened. I think that was the beginning of 2019. And then I, I kind of came in at the back of 2019. And I drove all the way from Florida all the way to California. You drove out there. Had all my own equipment, all my own batteries, all SD cards, computer. They basically said, hey, we need you to fill this role as the art pick and you, you need to show up with all your stuff and we'll give you your per diem. I don't remember exactly what the pay was, but the pay was pretty good. And then honestly, we, we made more money off the per diem because what happened was they said, okay, this is your per diem for food and for lodging. Mm -hmm. And then what we would do is if we knew where we were going to be for a stint of time, which was also kind of a roll of dice, you didn't know. You could be there for a week. You could be there for a month. As I got further into the project, they, they tended to let you know a little bit better, but sometimes it wasn't. So anyways, we would go and split Airbnb. And we'd have the per diem and then whatever we didn't spend was pocketed tax-free. And so I, I had a lot of PB&Js and, uh, <laughs> you know, you just, you take Living that, scrappy. you take that room and then I got this room and, you know, at one point during one of my seasons out there, we had like three or four guys all in one place where you're saving a little bit more money and everyone, that's what essentially everyone's there to do is make some good money and, and go home to their families after traveling for you know, I get to be up to six months plus mm. before you get a break. And what kind of, what was the work like out there? Like, what were you doing drone-wise? Yeah. So for that particular program, it was either distribution or transmission. So a lot of folks within that industry, T&D industry is like kind of the, the short term. Mm. Everyone loves to, I know everyone loves to use acronyms. So it was all T&D work. We were doing basically asset inspection. There was essentially an area where you were told to go inspect the poles. And it could be anywhere from seven to 10 photos per, per poll. That number jumped significantly for transmission. And so it depended on where I was in that contract. If 
they needed more guys on distribution or they need more guys on transmission. And for those unfamiliar with utilities, transmission lines are the big ones that are sending it long distances. Yeah. Distribution is from there to like houses and stuff. Right? Yeah, exactly. So think of transmission as your highways of electricity. Then your distribution is kind of like you're more like your suburbs or your neighborhood streets. Yeah, neighborhood streets. I'm sure most of folks listening or watching this have seen, you know, the long corridors, the usually a large clearing, whereas distribution is, yeah, again, much closer to your house. Now, would you just collect the data you're taking pictures and just sending it off to their teams to look at, or do they want you to look at it too and categorize and tag? And yeah. All so for most of that project, uh, I know some folks have done different things. There was uh, RPIC, so I played the role as RPIC, and then I was paired up with a VO, Visual mm-hmm. Observer. I think in the later years, the VO ended up becoming responsible for sorting the data. Okay. So what we would have to do is someone would have to go in and create a bunch of different folders, and we'd have the asset number of the poll and say, okay, this is poll one, two, three, five, six, seven. You'd have to make sure that, that all the photos got sorted correctly. Mm-hmm. So then from there, we would upload it whatever portal the company that i was working for which was bead bird's eye aerial drones uh was the company i know there's there was a bunch kind of all over there that was just kind of the workflow but if we did see something if we did see something even to who at the time i knew very little about utility infrastructure it's like oh okay there's a wire hanging or (laughs) something obvious yeah very obvious that even somebody from off the street like me would have been like okay there's definitely something wrong here then Mm -hmm. for that you would kind of tag it yeah. as a priority one or a priority two. There was a, there was a series of groupings of like mm-hmm. what the level of priority was. Yeah. So P1s, you kind of have to stop and send it off right away. Gotcha. Okay, this is high level. This thing could cause something. So we want to let the client know as soon as possible. Now, again, I'm not from the West Coast. So I don't know all the intricacies, but I have all the wire, wildfires out there. Yeah. And does that mess them up because it literally burns down the poles or are these like transmission lines causing fires by like hitting trees or something? Yeah. So part of the issue is, is, is that the, the wind speeds get very high and it's very dry uh, in a lot of areas in California. And all it takes is something where there's a malfunction on a pole and that could cause a spark. And then next thing you know, you've got this brush fire that's just gotcha. growing. And so it could be something like a tree falling or the pole itself could malfunction causing that spark. I know there was at least one fire that that way. So the issue is these lines potentially causing fires. Right, right. Okay. And PG&E got in trouble because it was beyond negligence. It wasn't just that they knew and they chose not to do anything. Mm-hmm. They knew and they actively skirted around responsibility. And then that's hence the bankruptcy and all that fun stuff. And so I know that there's folks out there now that look at the pole all the time. And I remember going out there for a few seasons and you'd see some of the same poles. You go back and it's almost kind of like going home away from home. You're like, oh, well, we're going to go back to this area <laughs> in the middle of 97, eight. Yeah. And, and you're so- cow pasture farm or, or you're in some ravine or whatever and that was the one thing interesting from so i'm originally from from florida from tampa going to all these awesome places where there's such drastic changes in elevation that was definitely one of the big pros for the work it's like being outside your office is new every week every day was so if you have like a family and you have a wife or you get kids or whatever that that was tough for a lot of kids guys out there that wasn't necessarily my case so it kind of worked out okay but even then by the end of it you're like i'm ready to take a break yeah it it worked out so how let's now talk about how that led you to what you do now i you still have edge drone services doing construction sites but you also work full-time with drones now yeah Uh, maybe tell us a little bit how you 
got into, you know, doing the contract work and what led you to work for a large company full time and kind of what you do there? Yeah, yeah. So being out in the field, when I was in California, there was a job opening for working with one of the major utility companies here in Florida. It was an opportunity to kind of change the lifestyle of living from month to month out to, okay, I can have somewhat of a quote unquote normal life schedule. That was at the time a hard choice for me to make because I really enjoyed it. kind of the group that I was with kind of becomes a family. You're at, you're basically living with these people 24-7 and, yeah. and you become very close. And so ultimately, I, I'm really glad and happy with the decision I made. The company that I work for, I do work for Florida Power and Light. I can't speak too much about it, but for those that are interested in learning more about what we're doing, my specific role is is with our Door of the Box program. And you can kind of research that. We'll kind of keep a high level, but you guys yeah. have a lot of good press releases and stuff about it. So yes, Google yeah, it. Yeah. The topic of discussion is primarily about edge drone services. Again, great company, great to work with. I only have good things. If you were going to give some advice to someone, I mean, you've been in the drone industry for a long time, right? Like years, I mean, comparatively to most people. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah so you, And you've done everything from utilities to construction to briefly real estate, to also <laughs> having a full-time job with drones, with a company, right? So you've seen like a very good broad spectrum. Let's give one piece of advice for people looking to start a drone service business. If you were going to like, be in your first week starting a brand new drone services business company, what would you focus on? And my next question will be about if you wanted to get like a full-time job in drones, like into the future, like how would you uh, focus your efforts in those two different areas? So let's start with pretend you don't have any drone service company. Yeah. You're starting today's day one. What would you first week to kind of get going as quickly as possible? Sure. Yeah. So obviously take the drone launch academy. Get yourself, get yourself up to speed Here's on your money. all Here's the part one of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That, yeah. I was obligated to say that. Yeah. But no, seriously, his course was great. I took it many years ago, and so that helped. But I think what I've heard a lot of folks say on this podcast and elsewhere is you really want to find a good niche market. You're taking an old way of doing something, and you're, and you're essentially using the drone as a tool to help create a more efficient process or something where the benefit and the output is going to be at a greater level than it was before. So my advice to folks trying to get into using drone, they want to know what to do. I would say, A, take a look at their background. If you have a background in a specific industry or something where what you're doing could be influenced in a, in a good way by the use of drones, that would be my advice is try and lean in. lean on that experience to create a new process. Cool. And then on the flip side, if you are like, all right, I know, I an entrepreneurship path is not for me. I want more safety and security. I know at this point, 2023, it's not like there's like a billion job openings just for a drone pilot specifically. But as the drone industry matures, there are a lot more drone related jobs that are coming onto the market. You are a lucky person to have found one. Those will be much more prevalent in the future is my prediction. So if yep. you are one of those people looking to go that route, what's the best kind of ways to navigate that and get in in there. Sure. So I would definitely suggest using LinkedIn as a tool for job postings and, and you can actually set alerts to be notified. And my suggestion would be to look at what those jobs are looking for and just take a look at the experience that they're looking for. Take a look at any specific certifications that they may be looking for. I do think that you will still probably need a blend of going and getting some experience yep. and then coming to them. But at the same time, you know, I know we were talking to Michael earlier, who I guess is over at Liberty, right? He said they, they have their own drone program. So perhaps you want to think about 
going into a drone program and, and having the ability to be exposed to different systems and go that way. Now, that wasn't the route that I did, but I think it would be helpful for somebody that wanted to go and work for a big company. If you're looking to join a big group, you may have an opportunity to join as like a VO. I know, for instance, going back to the work that I did earlier as a contractor, you know, for the folks that didn't have their part 107, and folks that didn't have any drone experience, they'd never flown a drone before. They started them off as like a VO and then kind of just essentially let them experience what the industry was like. And then from there, they were able to work their way up to an RPIC type role. I think there's going to be lots and lots of need for RPICs. Personally, I think the next big thing that you want to be looking for also is not only can you fly the drone, but can you manage data? Can you do you work well with others? And also pilots now, we're not becoming obsolete, but we're going to have to transition to operating remotely. So the days are going to start to be less and less where you're going to be potentially out in the field right. or it's going to be a hybrid. You're going to be sometimes in, in a command center flying or you could be out flying. But again, I think it's going to become more and more of a hybrid. And then eventually you could have a potential role where you're in a room and you're still flying a drill, but you're just not doing it yeah. in person. Or you're monitoring 10 drones that are flying. You might have to take over one. That exactly. That's an issue. Or yeah, one to many is becoming popular. I wanted to mention on one thing that you sure. said that I thought was really important just because I literally heard it from my vendor downstairs. Okay. Right before we got up here was on data management. Where yeah. I was t talking a little about Drone Launch Academy and what we do. And they have a, a service where, I don't know if you saw the Volt folks. I think I, it's I might have walked by their virtual table. Virtual yeah. something line. Basically, uh, like co-ops and like electric utilities they can take pictures of their assets and then they can upload it and then they can have experienced linemen remotely inspect all the information to see like you know interesting anyways so he said our biggest problem he's like people can fly the drone people can take the pictures they have they are clueless about data management he's like once they have it they're like should, should i mail you this this sd card and they're like, no, they can't remember which pole it was pointing at. They don't directly yeah. like label files and like organize the data. So he's like, you just need to train. He's like, if I were you, I would just train people on how do you even, once you gather all this information, especially if you're doing like utilities, you probably got thousands of photos from your yeah. drone. Like, yeah. How yeah. do you manage that volume of information and know which picture goes with which things? Like if you're taking an ortho mosaic, it's a little bit easier because it's capturing all the photos. You toss those all into Pix4D or Jungle Play or something, right? Right. And it's recognizing them and stitching them together based on the geotag. Geo yeah, yeah. But if you're doing something else that's inspection related and you got a lot of data, people just don't know how to manage that level of information. So the more you can get familiar with making things easier on who you're sending information to, I think that's a valuable skill that apparently not a lot of people have. Yeah. I'll even take it a step further is, is that I think they're another good opportunity to kind of set yourself apart from others is taking some basic AI classes and learning about like image recognition. There's so many open source platforms that you can go and kind of play and mess with. Maybe you come in with a cert from that company or, or whatever mm -hmm. and say, hey, you know, I've taken this course on the, the basis of image recognition. And that's going to be the next big thing is we have all this data. And then now we want to have instant reports on, okay, what findings matter from this? It's like, we've come way over here from the old way of doing things where guys were a helicopter riding stuff on a pen and a pad and be like, oh, I hope, well, I hope I got that. That, that one looks, <laughs> I don't, frankly, I don't really yeah. know how they did it. Now we've come all this way and a lot of big companies and clients and everything, we, we want the data and we want the results right yeah. away. Like everyone wants it yesterday. There's a company downstairs, again, not to we're just at a conference, so I got the juices are flowing. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You but know, there's a company on. He's being a paid actor. Don't yeah, 
I'm not even mentioning it. <laughs> uh, there's a company downstairs and they were talking about, yeah, we actually now have like a chip inside here that again, we've trained like an AI model to recognize what the beginning of a forest fire looks like. So as it's mm. flying around, it can instantly recognize there's a fire or a potential for a fire here and it can transmit that back to stop it much more quickly than getting video, hoping the person's watching the live feed or whatever, you know what right. I mean? Like, it, right. like you're saying. You know? Yeah, no, that, that, that is super ideal for all folks involved again. Yeah. But anyways, listen, basically what I'm trying to say, listen to everything Matt is telling me because <laughs> he's a wise man. He's got a lot more experience than me with hands on the controls and actually working with the customers. Really appreciate you coming on and sharing yeah. all your insights. And um, he, Matt's actually about to speak in 30 minutes here at the, at the conference. So. Right. Appreciate him taking time out of his time here to, to talk to us for the yeah. podcast. So any parting words before we go, Matt? No, just do what you guys can to, to set yourselves apart and don't give up. Love it. All right. Thanks, Matt. Yeah. Thanks, David.